be reading this morning from Genesis, Genesis chapter 37 this evening, Genesis chapter 37. We'll continue, of course, with uh, the uh, events that precipitated the things we talked about this morning. I'm going to give you a summary, of course, and many of you already know this, been reading through the Bible, but I'm going to look at some things here and tie some passages of Scripture together, some isolated incidents that you may not think are connected, but they're very much connected. Uh, the summary, of course... You know the, the, the old song, Father Abraham Had Many Sons? We're not going to sing that, but you've got it in your mind, and you're welcome when midnight comes and you can't sleep, and you got that song. Well, Jacob had 12 sons. He didn't have many sons. He had 12 sons, which is probably a house full of guys. Joseph was obviously the favored son. You read that, of course, in this chapter. He was the favorite. Uh, he even received a special coat of many colors. Now, scholars would tell you this was not just a nice-looking sports jacket that he had on. This coat of many colors was a tunic. It was a robe. It went all the way to the ground. It was a robe that indicated leadership as the firstborn. Now, Joseph was far from the firstborn. Reuben was the firstborn. Joseph was not even close to being the firstborn. But Dad doted on Joseph and kind of pegged him as the favorite. It was so obvious that the brothers detested him, said they couldn't even speak kindly to him. And then he gave him this coat of many colors. Now, Jacob made a, a, a Joseph made a mistake. Joseph had a couple of dreams. He had a couple of dreams that implied that his brothers would someday be subordinate to him. Well, and then he told his brothers about the two dreams, which was not a good move, because if they really hated him before, they really are not happy with him now, because he's already said, you know, I had these dreams, and the implication was that you guys are bowing down to me and so forth, and so they're really unhappy with him. They're jealous and angry, and then Jacob, for some reason, sends Joseph by himself to see how his brothers are doing, tending sheep in Shechem. Now, could have sent somebody else probably a little bit better because if, if you read through that, Joseph got lost looking for him. But he sent Joseph, who set the whole thing in motion that started the wheels going in what we look at, of course, for the remainder of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 37, verse 23. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices balm and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there as we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hand be on him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And his brothers listened. And the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. 
Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the tunic in the blood. And they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all the sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in the morning. Thus his father wept for him. Let's pray together. Father, we look into your word. We know these things were written for our learning. We ask you to help us to learn the lessons that you have for us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the interest in reading your word through uh, the upcoming year. We ask that you would be with all who have uh, agreed to make this commitment and give us persistence and give us, Father, motivation to always spend the time listening from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course, this is a familiar story. We have in all the Bible stories, but we have, of course, a story of revenge. A revenge, of course, on a slight in that they, I suppose, Joseph never really actually did something to his brothers, except he annoyed them greatly because he was the favorite and he annoyed them with the dreams. Obviously, he had gotten on their nerves pretty bad. The initial plan, as you as you read through here, they wanted to kill him, and Reuben intervened for him. He interceded on his behalf, so they threw him in a pit, and they really hadn't decided what they would do for uh, with him. But, of course, the revenge of missions in, in verses 23 through 28, they threw him in the pit, and they sat down to eat a meal. Now, we know that their, their heartless attitude in that later on, when they speak of Joseph, they speak of his anguish. So no doubt that they were hearing him cry out from that pit, and they just sat down and eat a meal. Then the Ishmaelites came along, and they decided, you know, this is a twofer. We can get rid of Joseph, and we can get rich at the same time. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites, who were, of course, uh, they were merchants of spice and of uh, all kinds of things, obviously including slaves. So he sold them to the slave traders. But where we see a, an interesting note is the deception. Let me read this deception in verse 31. They took Joseph's tunic and killed a kid of the goats, a small baby goat, and dipped the tunic in the blood. And they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it's your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It's my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. That was not actually the truth, was it? But Jacob was deceived. It's quite interesting. Two things that we noticed that they accomplished in this action. First of all, father is deceived. Father is deceived, and the, the deception involved killing a small goat. Important detail. 
Secondly, not only is father deceived, but a brother is in deep anguish, which we would know that Joseph would be in deep anguish knowing that he's being taken away from his home. That would be bad enough if he was just kidnapped on the road, but knowing that his own brothers betrayed him had to be in extreme anguish. There, there are no family issues that pretty much compare to this kind of betrayal. So we understand, is this a, an isolated incident? Well, it could be that an old friend of Jacob is showing up again. A friend that he made back when he was a young man. And that friend now has come calling. We find it again in Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27, look in verse 1, familiar passage of scripture, tied in with the one we just read. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son, and he answered and said, Here I am. And he said, Behold, I, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, and my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. Esau went to the field to hunt game and bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your son, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats. I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves." Then you will take it to your father that he may eat it and he may bless you before his death. There's the plan. Rebecca wanted Jacob to get the blessing that the firstborn would have gotten. And you remember the whole problem with Joseph. He was not the firstborn, but was getting the treatment for the firstborn. Big brothers were not happy. Now big brother has gone out. Jacob's big brother has gone out to hunt game because his father wants to bless him before he dies. His mother overhears it. She wants Jacob to get Esau's blessing. And of course, the plan is they would kill a couple of goats. And those goats would be killed and be involved in the deception. The deception, we begin continue reading in verse 11. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will fill me, and I'll seem to be a deceiver to him, and I will bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. His 
The mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and get them for me. And he went and got them, and he brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of his, her elder son Esau, which were there with her in the house. They put them on Jacob, his younger son. She put skins of the kids of the goats on his hands, on the smooth part of his neck, gave him the savory food and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise and sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, This is the, vo the voice of Jacob's, but the hands of the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He deceived his father. Of course, the deception involved killing a goat. Just like Joseph deceived his father. Now we have the second aspect of this. Father is deceived and a brother is in anguish. In verse 30. It happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had scarcely gone from his house in the presence of Isaac, his father. Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise, eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate of all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Verse 38, Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. How familiar this is. A son deceives his father and his brother is in anguish. You see, that particular time, Jacob made a friend. Jacob felt like deceit was a pretty handy friend to have around. So he took deceit by the arm and said, you're going to help me get my blessing. So Jacob deceived his father, not only once, but twice. You remember the big lie he told him? He said, oh, God gave me the game. Wow. Just one lie after another. And he deceived his father, and then his brother is in anguish. See, that's the friend that Jacob made. Years later, that friend comes back around. Jacob's sons 
deceive him, and they leave their brother in anguish. You see, Jacob valued the worth of deception to get what he wanted. Now Jacob is tasting the other end of the bargain. You know, deception might be okay when a person is doing the deceiving, but when the deceiver gets deceived, it doesn't taste so good, does it? And Jacob's old friend came back around a generation later and showed up at his door. Now, what about the brothers' guilt and responsibility? The ten brothers. A scholar said it this way. Joseph said to them, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good, and he sent me here ahead of you to save your life. Did that, did that excuse him and get him off the hook? I like what one scholar said. God did not condone their evil. And God did not cause their evil. God just simply overruled their evil and made something out of it. But they did bear responsibility. And their old friend came to see them too. You see, they made the same friend that Jacob made. They felt like deception would help them get what they wanted. So, just like their father, they deceived their father and made a friend with deception. Now, several years later, verse chapter 42, verse 1, they get a helping of what they dished out to Jacob. Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt. He said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, indeed, I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. Jacob did not send Joseph's younger brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. The sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Joseph was governor over the land, and, he, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And he said, where do you come from? They said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers. They did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said, You're spies, and you've come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy, buy food. We are all one man's son. We are honest men. Well, that's an interesting testimony, isn't it? We're honest men, and your servants are not spies. And he said to them, No, you've come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, Your servants are twelve brothers. The brothers are one man in the land of Canaan, and in fact, the youngest with our father today, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you, saying, you are spies. In this manner, you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You will not leave this place unless your youngest son comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother 
and you will be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see where any truth in you. Or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in the prison three days. And Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your land. And you bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified and you will not die. And they did so. Now, the deceivers are now deceived. And look at the response. Verse 21, they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. They did not know that Joseph understood him, for he spoke through an interpreter. My, the deceivers are thoroughly deceived. And you know, they get another helping. You remember in chapter 44, they come back, and Joseph slips the cup into Benjamin's sack, brings them all back, and then he tells them who he really is. Now, what's all this tell us? Jacob deceived his father and left a brother in anguish. Jacob's son deceived him and left a brother in anguish. Now Jacob's sons are facing the bitter taste of deception in their mouths when it is not your friend, but it's the friend of somebody else. What's this all tell us? Passage of Scripture and Proverbs. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses will find mercy. A generation later, the old friend of deception came back to haunt Jacob, who made friends with it to get what he wanted. So we realize when we decide to make friends with sin, that friend can come calling when we never expect it. Is there anything before we close? Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Would you stand as we're dismissed?